Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. Welcome to your Life's Work Podcast. The big show today contains a thought about how to receive love. Because I know there's a few of you out there, man, that if you're like me, and you are, frankly, you struggle with receiving love, right? It's a big pain in the ass sometimes to allow people into your heart, allow people into your secrets, ooh, to be vulnerable, to be authentic, to really let the world know what the hell it is you think and feel and desire. And it's a struggle for everybody. And today, let's uh, let's pop some of that garbage open. On my blog, because everybody has a blog and a podcast and an Insta. Are you, are you putting your content out? On my blog on jrman.com, that's M-A-H-O-N for those of you playing. A May, what was it, May 7th and 8th, I posted to like a, the Need for Love Part 1, the Need for Love Part 2, because all good people have Part 1s and 2s, and little, you know, like a three little ways to, you know, make yourself better. On the, on the first one, I'm in a really crazy-ass mood right now, just so you know. So you're listening. It's like I'm hyped up on coffee or crack or something right now. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm being real, man. That's all I was doing. I'm just like, I've restarted this podcast like 10 times because I just desperately want to say the F-bomb. I just, <laughs> one of those words where I just want to like, like there's no like peaceful spiritual director uh, thing happening today. It's like I just want to be a rock star in a hotel room at 2 o'clock in the morning and just throw shit against the wall. <laughs> Have you? Are you there? Are you there? I don't know. And now we're going to talk about love. <laughs> For all you regulars out there, the idea that we um, take in love Again, there isn't an, there isn't like a class that we're growing up with, like with our parents and our grandparents and who you know, however we matriculate into love. It's not like they sit us down and go, okay, here's how we do it. But the idea is clear, right? For those of you like me, like we want to be loved. You do. That's just that's all there is to it. We and in love, there's all kinds of different, you know, strings that hang from that. You know, there's intimacy. There's intellectual kind of stimulation. There's physical stimulation. If you know what I mean. We all uh, have the desire to be loved, to be known, to be seen. And you know, along the way, we can ignore it. Sometimes, it's so hard to address in ourselves the need to be known and loved that, you know, we form mechanisms of safety and security to kind of keep ourselves upright without really anybody really knowing us. For me, it was booze. You know, and you've heard me say it if you listen to the podcast. I drank like a fish. Um, I drank dangerously. I drank to ignore. I drank to try to get away all the fears and just all the bullshit of my life that I couldn't deal with because, you know, again, it's like... We don't get chucked in, especially in this country, right? We don't get chucked up onto the street once we're born. And, you know, hey, the second door down is the class for how to be loved. (laughs) You can go to church and try to get it, but, you know, American Christianity is just too expressly interested in your behavior versus the deeper journey of of transforming into love because we we all need to learn how to do it. So, on my blog, uh, May 7th and 8th, if you want to go back to it, the title is The Need for Love. And again, you know, all those who get my daily emails, I have a little daily email thing going on. It's paragraphs. You know, it's not like I'm bloviating, 
you know, all this nonsense into like, you know, four or five pages. I learn in small little bits. I'm 53 years old and I've always learned in small little bits. Um, the way people ask me how I study and, uh, you know, I say, if you come to my office, I had somebody in here yesterday and, you know, I've got 50 books open all at the same time. So I'm a regular, just like you, uh, you know, I like, I don't like to, you know, get crazy over bloviated with the stuff that I'm either teaching or reading or studying. Uh, I just, I like the information tidy, <laughs> right? Maybe I come from a generation that just likes tidiness. Like I grew up on a big wheel eating, you know, ho-hos going down the street at 100 miles an hour with no helmet on and shorts. And maybe it's generational. So all my blogs are like a paragraph long. So my point is, is you're not going to get lost in a bunch of stupid-ass stuff. And that's me judging people who are writing longer than me. <laughs> all right, so I, I just I want to read the first one because, again, it's, it's not real big. It's, you know, I say the call for acknowledgement runs deep, right? We struggle to be seen, heard, approved, and loved. It's totally real. The thing is, is we don't dare speak any of these desires, right? Because we're afraid we might seem weak or nerdy, right? Or even needy. Like, like imagine calling yourself needy. Like, I, I'll be honest with you. I need, and, it, and at times can be needy, but that doesn't mean that I'm broken or busted. Because, again, we all have needs to be met. And we've done nobody any favors along this line because, and, and help me out, right? Like, you don't say shit about the need to be loved because you're afraid to be called weak and needy. So we've been wrapped in years of cultural assumptions, right? Dudes need one thing, chicks need another. And there's all other kind of cultural assumptions out there too. And we've, you know, we've literally tied the words weak and needy to a tree and just beaten them bloody. And we pin weak and needy on the puny and the fragile people. That's what we do. So then at that point when we want to need love, we dare not say anything. And I find it super sorrowful over the years of even my desiring to love that I haven't expressed it to the people that I'm around. And, and I have. Like my mom and my dad got divorced early, as with a lot of you, right? We grew up in the 70s and we grew up with divorce and I didn't know what the hell was going on between my mom and dad at a divorce. Nobody told us shit in the 70s. Nobody told you nothing. <laughs> it was like, I'm living in another house now. And I, I didn't have it in me to ask the questions. But I longed for my dad, or I longed for my mom, and both of them to be together as, as, as mom and dad. And I didn't know how to express it, so I didn't. And as a result, I had an older brother... It was much more tough than I was, or at least that's the way it seemed like. Maybe he's a pussy, but I don't know. But the the idea he was he was looked and seen much more tough than me. So whenever the heavy conversations, you know, got rolling, I just I stayed quiet, or I turned to humor. Like turning to humor was was my bag. That was the bag of tricks, man, right there, because I could literally escape and ignore everything. And then by the time I found booze, I was off and running. So my point is, is that that weak and neediness thing. That cultural assumption that 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 people just don't ask, or don't express their needs. That was a real thing. Um, so I was certainly uncomfortable with the feelings that I had, you know, inside. So you know, that's just how it is. The other point I want to make about the deeper journey to conversations about the need for love is most of these conversations 
look like deathbed conversations, right? Like, and you've heard these in songs over the years and poems over the years and great movies over the years, you know, how people wait until end of life cycle to be able to express their needs and their desires for love. The things unsaid, go to them now and say the things that you wish to say, that you wish you had said, right? So again, like, I'm just proving this out. The need for love is real. Number one, you got it. And number two, we're not really taught how to receive love. We're just really not. And the things that we are taught is ignore it. <laughs> or else you look like your puny and fragile little weak man. So that's how we go. Um, so how, how do we receive love, right? Like, like, how do we turn to the people, to the community? How do we get there? What we have to understand is the need to do that is kind of the bridge to getting it done. So I first want you to just kind of hold the idea of who in your life right now. And again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a good spiritual director if I didn't ask some questions. And again, hey, man, if you're looking for a spiritual, spiritual director... You want that spiritual director to be asking questions, yo. So just make sure you are you got the right dude in front of you. Woman. Woman. Dude. Person. Person. Non-gender specific spiritual director. Good spiritual directors will always ask questions. So the question to you today is like, hey, who is that person in your life right now? Right now. And again, when I say that, it's either physically or, 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 or mentally. Because some of us are holding on to people, man, and relationships years ago. There may not be a presence of that relationship in, 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 our, in our today, but, man, it's in there. So who are you holding on to that you have an expressed desire for love, to receive love from them? It's, it, it may even be God, for the record. Like, you may be longing and wanting the divine to be present in your life. And ultimately, that's where I'm taking people, is this intersection where we get to where we can kind of pop open the light on God and be able to go, hey, there she is. There he is, there love is, there's the power, there's universe, there's center, there's core, there's source. There it is, right there. And open yourself up to be able to receive what entails. So there's the bridge, and the bridge is the idea of what you need, right? And, and we're all looking for, for love. So remember, we're all kind of standing on that. So, you know, it's okay to want to be loved, and you should be loved. It's okay to give words to it. We're on that bridge. We're on that bridge right now thinking about who it is in front of us. Is it relationships? Is it God? Is it people? Is it mom? Is it dad? Is it a friend? Is it a spouse? Is it an ex-spouse? Is it, is, it, is, it, uh, is it a sibling? Holy crap, the amount of sibling garbage that we don't talk about. My brother and myself, I, I talk about it openly. It's like, what the hell happened to that relationship? You know. And there's a lot, there's a lot that has to still be said there. Because there's desires to be loved. And sometimes the expectations in those desires just get freaking crazy. So I want to run through. Again, you're not a good podcaster if you don't have a damn point. <laughs> All these judgments today. Oh, I'm in just a crazy freaking mood. Um, so the practicality for receiving love has more to do with how you see yourself than how you see others loving you. I'll say it again. This would be a note moment. The practicality for receiving love has more to do with how you see yourself than how you see others loving you. 
Because when we see others loving us, we place expectations on it. We really do. And think about what I'm saying. We, in our brains, go, this is how you need to love me. And sometimes we control that to death. So what I really want to do is I want to kind of flip the mirror around. And I want you to really understand how how you see yourself as you receive love. What are the conditions or the conditionality that you set in front of you, the expectations for receiving love? You got them. You got them, but I want you to be honest. You know, is uh, like, you know, me and my mom, like, are there certain subjects that I just don't want to talk to her about that she wants to talk about? Me and my dad, are there certain places that I'm going to be in allowance that he can go emotionally with me uh, because he wants to talk about the divorce or he, you know, or whatever the hell it is, right? Am I conditioning? Am I putting conditions on how love is waving back at me? Right? Do I have a hard time accepting um, from people what they, how they want to love me? And do I put kind of a, you know, a strap on them so they can't love? So the practicality for receiving love is more to do with how you're seeing yourself than how you see others loving you. The questions are, are you worthy of love? Are you worthy of love? Answer it. Answer it. Are you aware that people love you? Are you aware that people love you? Who loves you? Why do they love you? And how do they show that? That why do they love you? That's going to be tough shit to answer because I guarantee you, you've never thought like to answer that question before. Because in some ways, it feels so crazy ass uncomfortable. And for some of you, it may even seem selfish because you've been indoctrinated into a unfortunate ide, a Christian unfortunate ide, ideology that it's selfish to receive. It's better to give than to receive. That means anytime you want to receive, you're an ass. No, that's bullshit. That's bad, bad ideology. You grew up with some bad mojo streaming into your brain. So we're peeling that stuff off today. It is okay to not only want to be loved, but it is also 100% okay to want to know why you are loved. That's a big deal. Sometimes with my clients who are having a hard time with, with the receiving, I ask them to go sit down with their very close friends and ask them, why do you love me? And let me help you. Very few clients will do the exercise because it's a huge, uncomfortable conversation to have, number one. But a lot of people just feel so guilty and ashamed that they are actually trying to receive because they've been taught over the years by some really screwed up, dogmatic people that it's better to give than receive and not really stretch out an understanding of what that really means. Because receiving is selfish. <laughs> Are you with me? Okay. When, when I want to finish a point, I go, are you with me? <laughs> um, these questions are hard, but they'll foster practicality. So the questions are hard, but we're looking for practicality. We're looking for practice. So the exercise today is really to understand what the practice is, the fundamentals, the practicality of receiving love. So that's where I'm driving. I'm driving you to answer questions that are going to help you set into motion some practice so that you can start to really open up and receive love. Again, from relationships, from the people you're around, and from God, uh, the divine, source, center, it, her, him. Stay with me. <laughs> Point change. 
The first practicality being that we need to talk about what we desire when it comes to receiving love. We need to talk about what it is we desire in receiving love. Like blow open a hole in this conversation that says, and I'll just give you a quick example between me and my wife. I am not the most touchy-feely person. If you know me, you got you get that. You totally get that. And so my wife is. That's how I was to it. And we probably are polar opposites in that. And she likes intimate connection and touch. She likes when I hold her hand, like when we're out walking around. And so I may, So she's told me, hey, I like when you hold my hand. It makes me feel good. Now, as uncomfortable as it is for me because of a million different reasons, <clears throat> I grew up in an Irish household. And that's all you got to know. For me, it's like I understand that the way she wants to receive my love, right, is touch. And so I better pony up and hold her hand every now and then. And it's not that it's a sacrifice for me, for the record. It's that I'm understanding what her need is. And then for me on the other side of that, right, it's like things that I need as I receive love. So I... I love to sit down or, 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 you know, over coffee, over dinners. I'm a big dinner guy. I like to go out to dinners. This COVID thing's killing me because I love to go out to dinners. And I love to just chew on the day. Exercise and inventory out the day and to be heard and listened to, really. As you can imagine, I'm a guy that likes to talk. <laughs> and that's one way that I receive love. is through that talking and listening and banter and chatting it up. Uh, about the deep inventoried spots in our lives that need a flashlight sometimes to really look through and prod through and understand. And that's one way, right? And that's one way. And so both my wife and myself have have expressed these things through talking. And those are just two little examples. So the first piece of practicality is talk all day long. Talk all day long. The second thing you can do is say yes. The second thing you can do is say yes when you're trying to receive love, when you're getting better at receiving love. You're going to move into a posture or a space of yes, yes. You're going to say yes because, again, some of that dogmatic garbage, you know, it's better to give than to receive, means we have shut down the receiving. So people who are nice to us or people who want to give us things or people who just want to love us, right, <laughs> we've got like one eye, you know, like that squinty-eyed like, what do you really want? Hey, let me bless you with something. And then we go, really, really? What's that guy? What's the motive really going on there? What's really happening? So, I mean, you hear what I say? So I want you to be able to be put in a position to say yes to people. People want to bless you, give you things. People want to move into your space and, and, uh, and just simply want to have time with you, conversations with you. They want to give you something. I want you just to be in a position to say yes. And that's an easy one. So the first one's talk. Second one is to be able to say yes. And and listen, if it's like swallowing a big pill, swallow it, man. Do it. Do it. Learn that yes is a great way in really centering another person's love coming at you. It's like I say, are you able to receive love without feeling guilty, shameful, or unworthy? Those are big ones. Ready? That's the question. Are you able to receive, because this is where the yes comes in. Are you able to simply receive love? Simply receive love without feeling guilty? Think about what I'm saying. Shameful or unworthy. Do you feel guilty, shameful, or unworthy as you are, in fact, receiving love from people? The answer is probably yes for the record if you're really getting in there and getting honest. 
but I want you to think about it. The third one is how do you seek love? How do you seek it? Do you work for it? Do you manipulate it? Are you constantly proving to get it? That one's a bitch to say the least because proving your worth or proving your value in trying to get love is just exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. And for the record, it will leave you emotionally unavailable. Listen to what I'm saying. When you're out there proving and convincing that you're worthy of somebody's love, hi, I'm really nice, I'm really good, you become emotionally unavailable because you're too damn exhausted pushing stuff out of you to actually receive, to actually do the yes. So listen, you're worthy, man. You're worthy. And I could tell you this all day long. You're worthy and you're valuable and you mean, like I could do that all day long, but you you got to do this work. This has got to be your work. So if you answered that first question that you feel guilty, shameful, or, or unworthy at times in a relationship, you, you got to start doing some of that that heavy lifting, which is, which is difficult. That's why I say this last one is, it's kind of a bitch. It's just it, 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 like every time I'm in relationships with people and, and, you know, I've got a relationship right now where one side seems heavier than the other and that's okay. And it is what, and it is what it is, but I'm also making sure in this relationship because I know it, I know it's heavy handed. I'm, I'm checking myself. I'm like, yo, are you proving and convincing in this relationship? You know, are you are you just trying to satisfy yourself or are you, in fact, taking on and receiving another's love? You know, my relationship with God. I mean, holy balls, there's so much there. It's like, how am I receiving God's love? Because a lot of times I want to leave that space and go out and prove and convince everybody that I'm really fucking great. And I need to relax on that a little bit. Because my value and worth is not bent on your approval. Sometimes, some days, I, I think it can be. You know, it's like likes and hearts and social media. Like I watch my daughter sometimes like fall in love with the idea that her value and worth is tied and coupled to the likes and the hearts and the amount of attention she's getting online for various reasons. So again, my value and worth should not be coming from people, places, or things, period, end of story. It should be coming directly from that strength and love of the divine. And that's internal. You know, at that point, it becomes like this, you know, this self-perpetuating idea that I need, I need to build these structures of strength in me. I need to understand what my value is. Like, I've got to do that heavy lifting. Why am I valuable? Why am I worthy of love? Why am I worthy to give love? Like all these things. Again, it's not a self-centered philosophical idea that says, I got to love me before I love you. Because I've got, frankly, I got some problems in there too, but that's a whole nother podcast. What I'm really trying to do is tie you to the idea that, that you can receive another's love and you can feel wonderfully Nothing to prove and nothing to lose as a result of being open just to receive love. That's where I'm going. I have no idea where the hell I am now that I've went on that rabbit hole. Uh, Let me go back. Okay. So those are the three practical pieces of framework for the deeper journey. By no stretch of the imagination is it the end. It's not. Every other spiritual director, psychologist, therapist, counselor, 
self-help guru guy has got their own shit, and that's fine. This is just my little three pieces of practicality to move you into a more open space. Again, my premise all the time with everybody is nothing to prove, nothing to lose, leading an undefensive life, and I'm the guy that thinks you're you're not unaware. When when you and I get together for spiritual direction, I'm not sitting on one side of the room thinking that you don't know what the hell is going on. I think you know clearly what's going on. I think that's why you're seeking spiritual direction and really wanting some clarity. So at the end of the day, when we receive love, we're really paying attention to what's going on deep inside of us. I want to be able to hold up, and and those of you, again, who've, who've, who've listened to me, you know I turn to this scripture a lot to run things along. And there are pieces of scripture, wisdom writing, right? Whether it's in the Buddhist tradition, in the Hindu tradition, in the Jewish tradition, Christian tradition, Muslim tradition. Sufis obviously collect a whole bunch from other traditions and put them all together. It's really great. Um, This piece of scripture, though, I use all the time as a way to run along what's happening in my life. And this is 1 Corinthians. It's from a guy named Paul who wrote the majority of New Testament. Good dude. Do the history. Google him later. But he says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. I just want you to know that piece of scripture is not just for weddings. It's to really truly hold up as like a tattoo onto your day-to-day life in understanding how you're receiving and giving love. Because when you take all my little questions that I've been asking you, or you understand the person that you really want to receive love from, or from God, right? And you want to stay open in that volley of love between people, between community, between God. This scripture is great to just run alongside any scenario or any circumstance that crops up that's got some uncomfortability to it. So that's 1 Corinthians 13, I think. Something like that. Look it up. Google what is love, Bible, and it'll pop out. Um, So three steps, three steps, because if you don't have three steps, you're an idiot. (laughs) I'm just, listen, I apologize. I apologize. I'm all all crazy today. Uh, Practical steps to receiving love. Talk, say yes, and ask. Ask yourself, am I proving and manipulating ways to love? Talk, what are your wants, needs, and desires? Say yes, allow opportunities to receive. And ask, ask yourself the deeper questions. Am I proving or convincing or manipulating the ways to love? That's it. Man, do I love you. Thanks for uh, coming into the podcast today. Uh, J-R, J-R-M-A-H-O-N, J-R-Man.com is where you will find me. If you need spiritual direction, I am here. Also, Tabletop, tabletopministries.online. Because I wasn't going to pay for tabletopministries.com. It's tabletopministries.online. If you're looking for a good place to give, Like where you want to give. Like let's say you are thinking, I really want to let my cash do some good. Tabletop Ministries is a place where that cash does some good. So we provide spiritual direction absolutely free for those who can't afford regular traditional therapies and counselings and all that kind of stuff. 
It's spiritual direction and pastoral care. It's basically what we do is we help people transform into love. That's what we do. And we have all kinds of people at Tabletop. Everybody from single moms to Hollywood insiders to people coming off of drugs and alcohol, people coming out of jail, um, just people in transition, people in transition who are not looking to do the jumping around and guesswork in God and really getting down to the specifics and moving forward with their lives. The money you donate goes to um, that time that we have with these people because we do sessions absolutely free. And that's a great thing, to be able to uh, do a job where we are never going to say no to people is a, is, a, is a damn good thing. And we appreciate all of you who are already um, have given us um, your time, your cash, your resources uh, for Tabletop. So we appreciate that. Other than that, jrman.com, J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com, name and numbers on there. If you need me, I'm right here. Next week, we'll do something fun. Until then, love you. See you, bye. Bye.